afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Fresh Frozen Southerner podcast. My name is Jay, and I've got a question for everyone. What year is this? I was under the impression that this was the 21st century, that, that we were running headlong into the future, and we left all the silly, reactionary, emotional responses to things generations in the past. But this weekend, there was a big news story, or at least I found it big because it, it deals with something I'm interested in, that lawmakers are looking to ban violent video games, not really, not really ban, but restrict their sale to certain individuals. And I really thought that we had gotten past all this garbage. And we look at things that people were afraid of in yesteryear, and it seems silly to us now. When cars first started being mass-produced, radios were much too large to install on a car. Until about the 1930s, a company came out with a model of mobile radio that was small enough to go into the cars of the day. Uh, you've heard of the Motorola, I'm sure. It's a most of you probably think of them as a company that makes cell phones, but they actually started out producing radios. And one of their big sellers and the reason that they were so successful through the 20th century was they made automobile radios. The name Motorola is actually a combination of the motor car and the Victrola. Victrola was a company that made radios that people had in their home. If you've ever seen the old style, like Ralphie had on A Christmas Story, the big cabinet radio. Most of those were Victrola. It was a very popular brand. And that's why this company wanted their name to sound similar to Victrola. But as radios started to become ubiquitous in cars, there was a big push from people to have them banned. Several states were actually trying to pass legislation uh, because they said that the radio would distract the driver and cause accidents. Does that sound familiar? Minnesota, Louisiana, New Jersey were all working on bans. Uh, New York actually got something pushed through their state legislation that actually did ban radios for a short time. It did not last very long. There was a massive wave of discontent from the people that all wanted radios in their car. Uh, in Massachusetts, there was a bureaucrat named George A. Parker. Um, he was not an elected representative. Uh, he was appointed to several different jobs in the state government. Uh, but he was spearheading their campaign to ban radios. And the reason I bring Mr. Parker up is because he seemed to have a very odd relationship with people driving vehicles prior to trying to get the ban on automobile radios going. He was trying to set up a program, and he had the backing of the two state senators at the time, where people's neighbors would have a department that they could report people that they felt did not drive very well, um, basically wanting to install the Snopes from George Orwell's 1984 Fortunately, he did not get that passed or the radio ban passed. Uh, but that's why I bring up Mr. Parker, because apparently he was a nut job in a lot of ways, not just over radios. 1940s, pinball became popular. There were a lot of churches and school boards that were pushing the idea that pinball machines were going to cause the children of this country to start to steal money, skip school so they could go play pinball, Basically, these little machines that we think of as a very 
antiquated way to waste a quarter was going to send these dear children down a lifetime of gambling addiction in the 1950s. There were a lot of people that were convinced that comic books were going to ruin the social fabric of the country because everybody knows Batman is just an insidious plot device to destroy America from within. In the 1970s, we're getting into things that I actually have personal knowledge of. Everybody was convinced that the TVs were putting out huge amounts of radiation. And if you watched a lot of TV, it was going to cause you to go blind and it was going to give you cancer. I can remember being told not to sit so close to the television. I mean, everybody knows that if you're next to something that's dumping out huge amounts of harmful radiation, if you'll just back up two feet, you'll be perfectly safe. I mean, it's just good science. And speaking of radiation, I remember when microwaves started showing up in people's homes. Now, the microwave oven had actually been in existence for a couple of decades at that point. It's just, if you've ever seen an old TV or movie where they make reference to a radar range, that was the precursor to the microwave that you have in your house now. And if you ever see one, uh, they look, they're about the size of a refrigerator. They were very large and they were very expensive. But in the early 80s, they had gotten down to the, you know, roughly the size. The first one we had was about two foot across. Of course, the actual oven part was still about the same size, but the cabinet was much bigger. I can remember how afraid of the microwave oven people were. I'm not just continuing urban legends. I can remember people, they would put something in the microwave oven and they would go to another room while it ran. There were a lot of people that were absolutely convinced that the microwave oven was going to destroy every testicle in this country. And just to bring things back full circle, the cell phone and text messaging, just like the car radio in the 1930s, everybody's convinced that these things are going to cause distracted driving accidents, and they're not wrong. Anything that takes your focus off of the road for any length of time increases your chance of having an accident. Now, 99% of the time when you glance down to change a radio station or to see why your phone dinged and you get your eyes back on the road, nothing happens in that time. But of course, there are going to be instances where something does happen in that brief moment. A lot of accidents are caused from a distraction. People reaching to grab something, they drop some food. There's all kinds of stuff. And I'm not trying to soft play banning texting while driving. Um, I don't do it. I'm not sure why people have such trouble not doing it. But uh, the point of this isn't to argue whether or not that's right or wrong. I'm just bringing up examples. I found a quote by an author, Douglas Adams. He wrote the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series. If you haven't read them, they're excellent books. Well, actually, they kind of tail off. You could tell he was running out of ideas. I don't know if, if he was cranking them out to get an extra payday or if his publisher was pushing him to do that. But but the first book is an excellent read. If you like humorous books or if you like science fiction at all, definitely pick it up. That is one of the few books that I've ever read that I actually laughed out loud. But here's the quote. Anything that's existed for as long as you have is normal. Anything invented while you're between the ages of 15 and 35 is something you can profit from. 
Anything invented after you turn 35 is against the natural order of things. And if you will look at a photo of our Congress, or I'm sure your state legislature, there's not a lot of those people that look like they're anywhere close to the age of 35. And I think that's kind of the heart of where a lot of this legislation comes from. Which brings us to Illinois State Representative Marcus Evans Jr. Mr. Evans wants to restrict violent video games because carjackings have increased in Illinois. I don't actually believe for a second that Mr. Evans actually thinks that video games or violence in TV or movies is what's causing this increase. I think when you see politicians propose a solution to a problem that seems kind of out there to a normal person, I think he is in a district that is having a spike in crime. And while he does not think that video games is to blame, he does not know how to effectively address the situation. And so going after video games, going after a boogeyman for all intents and purposes, means that when he comes up for re-election and somebody says something about it, he can point to this and say that he tried to do something. And it will not matter at that point that what he was trying to do had no hope of addressing the issue, but he will be able to say, look, I did that. I was trying to get this fixed. But let's say for just a second that he honestly believes this is what the cause of the problem is. Let's pretend that he believes that his constituents are so feeble-minded and easily persuaded that playing a video game can take an honest law-abiding person and turn them into a hardened criminal just because they sat down and played a couple of rounds of GTA. First of all, why are you voting for somebody that thinks of you that way? And second of all, if that was the case, why is it just in Illinois that this crime spike is happening? Now, he did reference several games. Uh, One of the games of course, because they always are, that he brought up specifically was Grand Theft Auto. Now, first of all, Grand Theft Auto has been out since 1993. There has been GTA 1 through 5. You also have San Andreas. You have GTA Vice City. There was a game for the mobile platforms called uh, China City Wars. And then you had a couple of game expansions for GTA four, I believe, uh, that was the Battle of Gay Tony and the Lost and the Damned. So basically you're looking at nine games and I think there's a couple other little ones that I'm probably forgetting. Uh, but excuse me, GTA five is the most recent Grand Theft Auto five has sold a hundred million copies and Grand Theft Auto online averages a hundred thousand players per day. If Grand Theft Auto was the issue here, this would be a nationwide problem. When you have a very localized instance of something and you're blaming a nationwide phenomenon on it, it should let you know that, no, that's not the cause. There's something going on right here in Illinois. But it's not just Mr. Evans. I have heard that violent video games and movies, and television shows, is going to cause an increase in violence for at least the last 30 years. 
I'm sure I was hearing about it before, but when I was 10, I wasn't paying attention to stuff like that. But let's just, I'm just going to deal with from the time I was in high school until now. And very conveniently, uh, I found FBI crime statistics that run from 1993 until 2019. Uh, which is very convenient because Grand Theft Auto has existed since 1993 through till today. But let's just take a look at what those statistics said. Um, and now these numbers I'm throwing out is uh, the number of crimes reported per 100,000 people of population. All right. In 1993, the number of violent crimes was 747 per 100,000. In 2019, that number had dropped to 379 per 100,000. Property crimes in 1993 were 4,740 per 100,000. And in 2019, those numbers had dropped to 2,110 per 100,000 people. Over that time, the overall crime rate dropped 68%. Murder and manslaughter dropped 47%. Assault dropped 43%. Robbery dropped 68%. And vehicle thefts dropped 69%. Um, now, I'm sure the vehicle theft has got quite a bit to do with technology. It's much harder to steal a car today than it was in the early 90s. Uh, you've got cars that can recognize the key and the electrical system is disabled until that key is with inserted into the ignition uh, that's really cut back i'm sure there are sophisticated car thieves that can get past that in a couple of seconds but that's really going to cut down on just the average schmo looking for a target of opportunity now i did not include rape in this now they did include some numbers and the instances of rape have dropped as well however some point in the last 30 years, what constituted a rape, as far as the FBI was concerned, that definition had changed somewhat. Uh, so I didn't include that. Uh, like I say, rape has dropped as well, but I did not include numbers because it's not an apples to apples comparison. So crime has dropped in the last 30 years significantly. Now, in that same 30 years, has the amount of violence in video games and TV and movies, has that gone up or has that gone down? 1993 is a good starting point for the video games uh, because that was when the technology got to the point where you would just have these very pixelated cartoon characters. The graphics got much more realistic over that time, um, obviously, when me and my sister were playing Ultra Pong in 1979, there was no option for having violence in a video game because all you could do was two little paddles and a dot. But people still cling to this belief that the violence in the media is going to spill over into real life. And people cling to that to the point that if you give any pushback on that, they are going to attack you personally. I mean, they will turn vicious in a heartbeat. And if you don't believe me, just volunteer a comment in any Facebook argument that you see. You will be called stupid immediately, I guarantee it. That's called an ad hominem attack. 
But let's just look at this logically. Let's think of the last 30 years as a scientific experiment. You create your hypothesis. And of course, the hypothesis is there's a lot of violence in video games and other forms of entertainment, and that is going to cause people to be more violent in real life. All right. And the experiment would be 30 years of video games becoming much, much more violent, much, much more realistic. TV shows becoming more violent. Movies becoming more violent. I mean, you can see things in TV now as far as violence and sexual content and nudity that you would have had to go into an R-rated movie when I was a kid. Okay, so we've got 30 years. We've got the statistics for those 30 years. The next step in the scientific method would be to examine the data. Does the data support your hypothesis? Does the data disprove your hypothesis? Well, to the question, does this increase violence in real life? We have pretty definite answer of no. No, it does not. And the final step of the scientific method is that you are supposed to look at the data and draw your conclusion. Now, this is the step that trips up a lot of people, because you're supposed to just toss your hypothesis out if the data disproves it. A lot of people let emotion come into the, into the equation at this point, and they'll say, well, I don't want to change my mind. Well, you're welcome to believe that, but in this case, you have been proven wrong. You can dig your heels in. It's going to make you look silly and obstinate. But you're certainly welcome to believe what you want to believe. Just don't call me stupid when I feel differently. And I guess the point I'm trying to make with all this is we like to think that we are more advanced than our predecessors. We like to think of people in the Middle Ages or even people just a few decades ago as being far behind where we are today. We like to pretend that we have made major advancements socially, emotionally, technologically, intellectually. But if you study humans, or hell, if you just read the paper at this point, it becomes extremely clear, extremely quickly, that we are, at heart, we're still just frightened natives, and we're hiding in a cave because the gods are angry and sent lightning and thunder to punish us. And anytime something new comes over the horizon, that is exactly how we as a society react to it. And I've been along long enough to where I've reached the point where I see that, you know, the doom and gloom that these people preach, it never really comes to pass. You know, a lot of times new technology isn't as promising as what it looks at first, but it is almost never a bad thing. And a callback to Mr. Douglas Adams and the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, take it from me. Don't panic. All right, guys, I appreciate you sitting with me once again. Whatever app you're listening to me on, if you would leave a review, I would appreciate it. And if you would like to send me a comment, please send me an email at freshfrozensouthern at gmail.com. All right, guys, I enjoyed getting this off my chest. I hope you have a good day and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.